All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, September 12th of 2023. Here, week one of the NFL is officially over. Here was a fun week here, but NFL back on Thursday, and then looking ahead to today, we have an 11 game. MLB main sleeve. So should be plenty to talk about. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways. First off, send us an email, support at SaberSim.com. Second, post it in the YouTube chat. Third, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord want to get access to that channel, there is a link to join in the description of this video here. You also get access to our similar channels, see when lineups are released, see when Sims run for updated news, uh, see when players are scratched, get access to our individual sport channels, you know, ask sport-specific questions, get access to other members of the SaberSim team here, aside from myself and other members of the community. So can't say enough good things about the Discord here. But before we get started, just wanted to remind everybody, if you guys are not signed up, we are running our NFL season-long max challenge promotion here. It is a giveaway. You can enter for free here and participate, uh, get access to weekly awards, get access to season-long rewards just for participating here. Eligibility requirements are down here on the bottom, but not very hard. Use the SaberSim logo, uh, fill out our form, Max entered the mini max contest on the Sunday main slate and that's it. And you will get access to all of these awesome prizes. So if you're looking for this sign up page, it is in the description of this video. I might just have to click more to view the full description and to see it. But with that being said, going to get SaberSim app pulled up here and we are going to jump right into our questions. So first question here, uh, Actually, you know, just one other thing here before we get started. So Max Steinberg and I released a video yesterday on the YouTube channel. It came out after the Office Hours show, so I wasn't able to uh, show you guys it. But it is this video here, Review NFL Week 1 Like an NFL DFS Pro. Uh, This is basically us using contest flashback and looking at different contests, seeing what we can learn from NFL week one here. The show was actually Max's idea. He reached out to me about it and I was very happy to go and do the show with him. So this is something that we are going to uh, try to be doing here each and every week, reviewing the main slate for NFL on Mondays here. And then that that video should come out uh, later in the evening on Mondays. So if you haven't seen it, it's an awesome video, already getting a lot of great feedback on it. So check it out and hear what Max has to say. Uh, I love picking his brand, you know, very sharp player, but Getting back to the show, first question here. I think this is a good one. Question says, how do you run builds for particular game scripts? Example, slugfest, shootout, onslaught, five ones. Can you adjust the score to accomplish this? If so, how? So I think this is a very um, popular thing to do for showdown slates in particular. And if we were to go back to yesterday, we go back to uh, NFL. We could talk about this Buffalo Jets game here. So I think that this is really where the favorites feature really shines here, right? So in order to alter the game scripts or to build lineups uh, that that have different game scripts that lead to different exposures, the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to alter the team totals. So you can alter the team totals in this team stacks tab. There is a projected points column here. And then when you update this, let's say if I want to do a low scoring game, Buffalo 15 and the Jets, we will do, um, 
I don't know, 14, just for example here. When I edit these columns, those changes are going to be reflected in the team totals in the games panel here. And then when I hit yes, uh, that will apply it to all of the players' projections for the game here. So we're going to see everybody's projection gets moved down, right? And, and some of these guys are grayed out because I have some lineups here. Uh, so if I wanted to just open up a new workspace just for today's show, get rid of that one, and then go make those adjustments, you would see those changes made to everybody here. So what is happening when you adjust the game totals here? Uh, basically what happens, and you can see everybody's points change here. You can see the defenses increase in points, right? That all makes a lot of sense here. So, so what is happening is we have a database of sims, right, for this game. And the average score that the team scores is the total that you see up at the top. When you alter that total, what we do is we go and basically start discarding sims in order to move the new team total to the number that you've set. So if you are going to take both team totals and decrease them, well, we are just going to start basically like trashing the highest scoring games to, to move that team total down to decrease it. And then now your effective pool of Sims to pull from is smaller, right? So if, if we have, you know, let's say 5,000 sins of the game and you make this team total really low, we might get rid of, you know, the top 500 highest scoring games, the top 1,000 highest scoring games and shrink that available pool down here. And 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 now that will be your pool of sims to choose from when you run your games, right? And then you could do that in one workspace. Like, you know, you can even rename these, right? Right click on the top, click rename. So maybe I call this uh, low scoring. And then I'm going to... Uh, build some lineups here, right? So I'm just going to make a couple changes here. Uh, that's that's a bug, but that'll get fixed. So I'm just going to do 200 lineups here, uh, going to let that run. And then I'm going to go open up a new workspace here uh, as soon as this one finishes here. So this will be like my low scoring, right? And then uh, basically once these lineups finish, you know, maybe I'm playing a 150 max contest and I'm going to have half of my lineups with like a low scoring game and then maybe half with like a high scoring game. Right. So I'm going to change my number of lineups in parentheses here to 75. And then once I'm happy with these, you know, once I've made any adjustments that I want, I'm going to use the favorites feature and this, this star, the save to favorites, you can see the favorites tab up at the top currently grayed out. There's no lineups in there. So when I click the star icon, it's going to take however many lineups I have, it's going to move them into this field. Right. And then if I open up a second workspace here, I'm going to rename this. You know, this is my high scoring one. And then I'm going to uh, name that just so I know what's going on. I'm going to look at the team totals and then I'm going to go to team stacks. I'm just going to increase them by like a touchdown each, right? I'm going to go uh, 30 to 28 here. And then this is going to move all of the players' projections up and then probably hurt the defenses, right? All making a lot of sense here. So then I'm going to go uh, build these lineups here. And then when these go, I'm going to I'm gonna narrow this down to 75. I'm going to send those to favorites. The favorites is now going to combine the 75 lineups from each build here. Oops, I thought I only built 200. It's going to combine the 75 lineups from each build. And then from this screen, I can fill my 150 max contest. So this is like the best way to build different game scripts and then fill them all into one contest. And then now I go to favorites and then boom i see my 150 lineups i can use the save to contest button and then upload those to my csv so that is how i would do it and that is basically uh what is happening but but the great thing is that you're still getting access to our play-by-play -play sims uh but you are just narrowing down the 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 type of sims that you want to use so i think that's a great 
opportunity here to use that. All right. Uh, next question here from In It to Bink It. Question says, if I aggregate ownership sources pre-built, do I need to create a custom field for my contest sims as then the ownerships won't match? Or is it still viable to use the existing available contest sim with SS's original ownership? Okay, so here's what I have to say on this one. So it's going to depend on your sorting metric. So if you are running a contest sim and you are using one of the many um, contest sorting metrics here, then uploading ownership won't do anything for you. So basically what, what I'm trying to say here is like, say, say that, you know, you upload your custom ownership and, you know, maybe Josh Allen is like 25%, Diggs goes down to five, um, et cetera, et cetera here, right? For, for all these players, they move around. Well, that that's great, right? So this is going to uploading those custom ownerships, even tinkering here, right? Is going to affect the adjusted ownership of the lineups. So if you're using Sabre score or you're creating a custom metric that accounts for average adjusted ownership, well, then your updates to ownership are going to be reflected in that variable. Or even if you're just using an ownership variable in some type of uh, Sabre score or custom metric, right? Typically, when people run contest sims, they're using the contest sim metric. So, But that doesn't mean that you can't be, you know, combining uh, ROI or risk adjusted ROI with ownership or with something else. So if you are combining some type of ownership metric in your sorting method, then you can account for your custom projections that way. If you are not doing that, if you are just using ROI or risk adjusted ROI, uh, something like that, then your uh, up, then your uploaded ownership won't have any effect here because one, we don't have an ownership slider, right? We are not accounting for ownership in any way um, in in the build settings, right? If I were to uh, go to my build settings here, hold on. So we're having like a little bit of this funky thing where the settings can disappear here. So what I would do is close the panels. I would do a hard reset here, control shift R, and then you can even change tabs here, right? So if I were to uh, go to a different slate, and then come back here. I could probably do something like that and, and get this to come back. But either way, so I'm seeing my settings now for the Minnesota Philly game, right? So they are back. So just takes a little troubleshooting. Team's working on it. Anyways, back to the original thing here. Um, what I was saying is that if you look at the build settings here, right? We don't have any ownership slider. We used to have one back in the day, but we don't have one anymore, right? So ownership is not being taken into account in your build settings. And then the contest sims here, are just using the field lineups from the ownership, right? So uploading custom projections does not affect the field lineups. If you want to affect the field lineups, then what I would suggest doing is upload your ownership, click the gear icon, click match exposures to ownership. What this is going to do is going to give you a preset number in the min and max exposure fields based on the ownership, just basically giving it a little bit of a range here saying, hey, you know, you have some wiggle room here, plus or minus 15% of the ownership number here. And then from there, it will run it. You can run a build and then basically create a custom field. And then once you create that custom field, then you can select this build one 
as your field lineups here. So once you have lineups here, you can do that. But but those are that's that that's basically like your options there, and and that's really how it works. So let me know if you have any questions there. Happy to clarify further. All right, question from Cloak Missboard. Question says, if I have a custom ceiling projection, what is the best way to utilize that? Using it to build the pool, using it to using it after the build as the source to do contest sims, or perhaps as a custom metric with risk-adjusted ROI. I'm most interested in using it as a source to do contest sims. How will that affect the sims? Okay, good question here. So, couple ideas here, and I'm just gonna. I'm just going to talk through the points that you mentioned. So what is basically, what is the best way to account for custom ceiling, right? So when you guys adjust player projections, right, we can see these percentiles. So I'm going to use Jalen Hurts as an example. Projected for 36, actually that's his captain projection. Uh, let's go to flex. So projected for 24.65 points on this upcoming Thursday showdown, his 99th percentile is 52.9 points here. So if, I want to say, hey, I think Jalen Hurts is going to do better, right? I can, uh, by a, by adjusting his mean projection here, I am going to adjust all of his percentiles. And if I just go back here, so those lineups finished. So I go back to projection. So when I click on, click on his name, it's going to show me his range of outcomes here. So his mean is 24.65. Let's say I give him a three-point increase here. What we are going to do is we are going to, leave the distribution intact his 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 shape here of his outcomes but we are going to shift them so every time he gets 10 points he's going to get 13 every time he gets 30 he's going to get 33 every time he gets 52 he's going to get 55 right so you are increasing his floor increasing his mean and increasing his ceiling we are just shifting those numbers over to account for your custom projections right so that is one way of increasing uh his custom his ceiling here right so so i think like the one thing kind of catching me up here is that you say you have custom ceiling projections uh but but are do you have the same mean right like is the average projection the same or is the average projection different right so so anyways that's how projection adjustments work uh second way we talked about here should I use it to build my pool or should I use it after the build as the source to do contest sims? So this is also also really interesting. A question came in, uh, I think last week around this said, hey, if I build my lineups with the Saberson projections and then after my lineups are generated, I upload custom projections, what set of projections will SaberSim use when running the contest sim? And the answer is that it will use the uploaded set because that is the current set in here, right? So when we go to build your lineups, we are looking at whatever projections are in this my projection column. And then we are uh, using that when when building your lineups, right? So, so if there were any custom projections, they would be accounted for, but they're not there, right? When the lineups are generated. When we go to run the contest sim, the contest sim is going to look at that column and then say, hey, you know, these are our source projections. We need to account for these, right? So now that the contest, now that your uploaded projections are in the column, SaberSim is going to use that when running your contest sim, right? So a couple options here, right? You can upload your custom projections in a separate build here and then have a custom set of field lineups 
and and uh, build against those. Or you could use the Saber Sim contest sim lineups and just alter the output of the simulations that get run, right? Those 50,000, 100,000 times we are running the contest sim, your custom projections could could update for those, right? So so a couple different options for you there. I think that way is, is particularly interesting here. Um, but I don't know why you, if you like those projections, I don't know why you wouldn't have wanted to build without them. Like, why would you want to build without them, right? So, so going to take some like self-reflection about why you're doing what you want to do and what the goal of it is, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the part that you kind of have to answer for yourself. And then third part is, uh, or perhaps a custom metric with risk-adjusted ROI. I most, uh, okay, so this third way was a custom metric. So I think you could do this too. And I think this way makes some interesting sense here, right? So what you would do is you would go to upload. And then when you upload, you would use this add custom column. So on the pro and ultimate plans, you could upload custom data. And this would basically be custom data, right? You would upload this custom column it would get loaded in as a new column. And then that would be available for you when you go to add metric, you create a custom metric here. It'd be available in your dropdown. So you would be able to combine, you know, risk adjusted ROI and your custom data into a custom metric, right? Uh, without altering the SIMs, without altering the projections, you are just simply accounting for that altered ceiling in your lineup grading process, right? So that way it probably has the least impact on any of the sim outputs here, uh, but still accounting for what you want to account for. So talking through it here, I think that third way is probably my favorite here, but you can uh, mess with all these ways and see which one, you know, basically leads to the outcome that you are hoping to see here. So really good question. Happy to walk through that there. All right. Next question here from Gary. Question says, can't make office hours today. That is okay. But is there a way to have lineups with mini uniques only applied to certain positions? For NFL, I'm thinking something like mini uniques of two, but defenses don't count toward the two mini uniques. Goal would be trying to isolate where lineups are unique from one another. Uh, I think this is an interesting question. Kind of takes mini uniques to the next step here, right? Uh, uh, but with this positional uniqueness here. So one, you cannot do this currently in the app, but two, I think it's an interesting idea. And if you guys bring interesting ideas to me here, I am always willing to take those back to the team for you and let them know that people are asking for this and those could be reviewed for future updates here. So I'm going to uh, make a note here to circle back on this feature request here and get this logged. All right. Next question here from Texan Touchdown. Question says, is there a way to highlight players you want exposure to without having to force exposure by setting a max and min exposure? Say I raise a player's projection, but not enough that I still don't get exposure to him in my lineups. The player stays gray and I end up missing it before lock. I prefer to adjust projections to allow SaberSim to increase exposure naturally. Okay, good question here. So so just, just to kind of clarify how this works, right? Um, the... The table that you guys see, the minimax exposures for players, for team stacks, for stack exposures, works different than rules do. And the biggest difference is that when you set a min exposure to a player, that is not a rule that needs to be followed. It is more of a filter, 
So basically what happens is that when you, so we'll start with the rules. So when you set a rule, this rule is saying, you know, say I'm going to say, Hey, uh, must use Jalen hurts flex. So every time we create a lineup, that is going to be an input into the lineup saying, Hey, this lineup must include Jalen hurts in the flex. So he's like, basically the first person we put into the lineup and then we fill out the rest of the lineup based on the output of the Sims here. That's how a rule works. A filter, what's going to happen is the lineup is going to be built and then Saber Sim is going to look at the lineup and the ratio of lineups to how many have been created and determine if this lineup is going to be allowed into the pool or not. So say you set a min exposure to Jalen Hurts of 25% here. So we're going to say, hey, I want 25% Jalen Hurts lineups in the flex. So the builder is going to say, hey, you know, um, when the, the lineups are going to get created. It's going to keep track of how many lineups are made and how many lineups have Jalen Hurts in the flex. It's going to make sure that number is basically always over 25% here. If, the, if, if lineups are generated and that uh, ratio is not met, maybe it's at, you know, one out of five, which is 20%, it's not going to let the next lineup without Jalen Hurts into the pool. And then it's going to go look for more Sims and then wait, basically wait until it finds some with Jalen Hurts and then bring that ratio back up. So sometimes when using min and max exposures, the builds can take a little longer to finish because, because lineups are being created, but SaberSim is not allowing them into the pool because the ratio is off. And then it's basically getting rid of those lineups and waiting for more lineups with the players or team stacks or stack types that you want uh, waiting for those to get generated to to even out that ratio. So that's that's how minimax exposures work. It works a little bit more as a filter here. So the good news is that one, you are still using the Sims and and you are only getting the player from the lineups that the Sims say the play the player should be in. Uh, you know, all those other lineups are just going to basically go away or get filtered back into into the uh, you know abyss here, and until those other lineups with Hertz come up right so so that's how many max exposures work versus rules i would say rules probably have a little bit bigger impact on the the you know sanctity of the sims or the sim outputs here so if you're looking to do this uh naturally i think minimax exposures is fine ultimately projection adjustments work too here i think that you know if this is something you know you want i think it's totally fine to send a min exposure here um, you get to play with the projection adjustments, but like you said, Hey, you might run out of time or you might miss something. Right. So only do the projection adjustments. If you have enough time to, you know, run a, run a set of lineups, see if it comes up with you, what you want, you know, readjust it, uh, re rebuild your lineups. We talk about build review revise, right? So it's build your lineups, look at the exposures, look at the lineups. And then if they're not looking like what you want, you know, rebuild your lineups, revise them, right. Revise this set a lineups that you have. So if you don't have enough time to do that, I would just go with the mini and max exposures or a rule here, and then you should be on your way. All right. Uh, last question in the office hours channel coming up here. Question from Nancy Drew guy. Question says, when we look at past contest sims, what exactly are we looking for? How do we implement what others play, uh, other players did into our process? So, so Nancy Drew, it sounds like you have not seen uh, the video yet, which is just fine. It just came out yesterday, but just another great opportunity to plug it. So if you guys, you know, want to use con contest flashback 
don't really know what you're looking for, go and check out the video that Max and I did. It's a 40-minute video uh, talking through what we're looking for, how we're looking for it. Uh, you can see how we get to some of the conclusions that we get to here. So this is a basically, th this is like a great tutorial for how to use contest flashback. So go, go and check out this latest SaberSim video here on the YouTube channel. All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat here. And first question from Deshaun says, I have a question about exposures. If I set global exposures before running the Sims, how much impact is that having on the Sims? Do you think doing this before running a build is hurting the quality of your lineup? So really similar question to the Texan touchdown one. Uh, definitely would just uh, rewind and listen to that. But ultimately, I think it is okay. Second question said, also, if I'm going to use global exposures, do you think it would be best to run the Sims first, then use the pool exposure percent as a good number to set for min slash max global exposure before the build? The question I just asked was pertaining to NFL builds. I actually really think this is a good idea here. So basically the question is like, hey, I want to set a global max exposure I'm kind of open to the number that I'm going to set here. So how do you feel about running a build, looking at my pool, and then basically taking the highest exposed player in my pool, whatever percentage that is, and using that as the global max exposure in the max exposure column. And then just uh, in case you guys didn't know, you can right click on max exposure. The filters on the left, the right side menu has other options. You click to the right. And then you're going to see this global max exposure option. You could fill in whatever value you want here. So say I'm going to use that number of 59%. And then boom, it will fill that out for every player in my lineup. So I think that's a good approach. If you want to set global max exposure, um, I'm, I'm actually very comfortable with that approach here. So great, great idea. All right. Another question says, uh, another NFL question I have for showdown slash main slate, how would I use SaberSim to recognize a good low-owned play? Do I use the exposures that SaberSim gives after the build or go by pool exposure? Uh, so I think it's a combination here, right? One thing that I really like to do is go and look at my pool exposure versus the ownership of the player, right? And see what the leverage is. So one thing that I would do, set, the num set my lineups to however many lineups you have in your pool. So I'm going to match these at 2,000 here. And then the reason I'm doing that is because it's going to update the leverage column. So leverage is, is literally just exposure minus ownership here. So 58.6 exposure minus 50.42 ownership here comes out to 8.2% uh, leverage, right? So that leverage column gets updated. I like to do this two ways. First off, I like to look at the whole pool. Right. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to make some notes here. My highest leverage uh, guys in the flex, Jalen Hurts, um, even, you know, Dallas Goddard, Kenneth Gainwell to, to a lesser extent, right? Less than 5% here. But then I want to go and look, okay, you know, what if I look at the top 50% of my pool? How do these numbers change? Right. Uh, where does Saber Sam, you know, now go for leverage? Right. And not updating. So it's going to do a reset here. Okay, lineups are back. I must have set some minimax exposure here that is having trouble uh, working. So I'm just going to reset all these. Oh, it's from that other example that I did. Hit apply. All right, going back to our my flexes, going to change the number of my lineups to 1,000. 
And then now, you know, okay, now who's coming up? So Jalen Hurts is still there, but all of a sudden DeAndre Swift just jumped up, right? So when I look at, you know, the top 50% of my pool, the reason I'm looking at the top 50% is because I want to value the sorting metric that I'm using, right? So I'm valuing the single game Saber score metric. And then now who's starting to come up? DeAndre Swift is the name that's starting to come up, right? So then I'm going to make a note of him here. And I'm also going to look, you know, I can look at the top 500, right? Uh, Swift. Uh, Hertz actually goes down a little bit here. Goddard, uh, you know, makes a jump. We made a note of him at a smaller percentage earlier here. So looking at the pool and different bite size chunks, trying to get some ideas about the slate here, I think is a good idea. Um, you can compare these, right? So, Hey, we have a far and away Deandre Swift is, is the best player in our top 25% of lineups, but we really weren't seeing him in the entire pool, right? So so maybe I'm a little skeptical of that play. Maybe I want to lower that exposure a little bit and, and tame that a little bit, right? Maybe closer to our second highest leverage or something like that. So it can help you make I, I make decisions about risk management, et cetera, here. All right, last question. I know you had a universal rule for MLB that I think it was a home run rule. So do you have like one universal rule for NFL builds? Uh, good question here. I would say that, you know, if you are looking for a rule for NFL, I think it's okay to set a stacking rule that says, you know, QB must uh, use at least, you know, a quarterback with one of his pass catchers, right? So what I would say is stack at least two quarterback and then leave the positions checked here. And then you're all basically always going to get a QB plus one here you know, do naked QB stacks win, which would be a quarterback with by himself without any of his position players? Yes, they do. But, but by doing this, you know, you are capitalizing on correlation right out of the gate. And, you know, correlation is already set to six, which is high here. And then one thing that from that review video that Max and I did, we saw that, you know, higher correlated lineups, you know, are actually very viable and, and grading out very well based on the similar wise. So that was something we talked about in that review video. So I'm not opposed to setting a QB stack rule here, just QB plus one as a baseline here and then uh, rolling with that. So I think that's okay if you want to do that. All right, question from Cameron said, my question today is whether or not our risk-adjusted ROI is the absolute best way to rank lineups. Uh, so good question here. We think that this is the safest way to rank lineups. So really, you know, the, the, the best return you're going to get is ranking your lineups with ROI, right? But we suggest against that because ROI is very risky, very high leverage. You would need, you know, an, an infinite bankroll with an infinite amount of time to play. And if you had that ROI would always do better over the long term. Most of us don't have that, right? Uh, so risk-adjusted ROI tries to account for, well, risk-adjusted ROI is is accounting for how often the lineup wins and how much it wins when it wins versus how often the lineup loses and how much it is losing when it loses, right? So um, taking that into account only helps you to smooth out your variance over time here and help you to get lineups with a little more return on average here. So that's why we think risk adjusted ROI is the best. Um, but, but that is just the contest sim sorting metrics, right? We still think Sabre score is a great metric and I would, I would be open to using any one of those. 
Francis said, been away for a while. What are you referring to when talking about contest sims? Thanks, Francis. Glad you're back, man. And glad you, uh, you know, came and hung out at the show. So what contest sims are? So we released a new subscription tier for Saber Sim here. And the new tier has this new feature called contest sims. What a contest sim is, you can see the settings down here at the bottom. We are taking the lineups that you have built and we are putting them into this artificial contest behind the scenes, behind the scenes with our ownership lineup. So the way we create our ownership projections is we run builds with uh, on high sim diversity with specific settings, and then we use the exposures from those builds as the ownership projection. So we are putting your lineups with this um, these ownership lineups, which are our projected field lineups for any given field here. So what you can do is you can go to ownership, you can go to this gear icon. You can see that the SaberSim ownership has a drop down here with 13 different buckets of ownership. So what we're trying to capture is saying, hey, you know, a high stakes single entry contest is going to play a lot different than a low stakes 20 max contest, right? And we could see the ownership projections adjust here. So Patrick Mahomes at 7%, Josh Allen at 7%, Lamar Jackson at 11% for this upcoming week here for the high stakes single entry. When I go to low stakes 20 max, all those guys drop. Lamar at 9%, Josh Allen at 5%, Mahomes still at 7 right? But basically, you know, certain players are going to be more used in different stakes contests, and we're trying to capture that here. So, so, so ultimately what's happening is that there are different sets of lineups here with different exposures to these players. So depending on the contest that you are optimizing for here, you can set up your contest sim saying, hey, I'm I'm playing, you know, the $3 20 max, the $1 20 max, the 25 cent 20 max. So I want to set my field lineups to the low stakes 20 max field. And then I am going to uh, put in the parameters of my contest here. Another way you can do this is that if you are uploading your entries file in the My Contest tab, you can right click on any of your contests and then click Add Contest Sim. And then we will auto-generate all of that information for you here. And all you have to do is hit save. And then that lineup will be, uh, that contest will become an option for you in the contest sim settings. And all you have to do is check it here. And then once we run that that uh, contest behind the scenes, we're going to generate different values for each lineup. How often each lineup won, how often each lineup cashed, how much money each lineup made on average across all of the simulations that we ran. So we're going to run each lineup through the contest sim 100,000 times and then return information for that lineup. So it's a very powerful tool. If you're looking for more information on it, go up to the top right-hand corner here. And then it will open up our support library. Go to help. And then we have this video here under tutorials, how to use contest sims. And then even on the YouTube channel here, uh, we have multiple videos. So Jordan released a video as part of his How to Beat NFL DFS in 2023 playlist called Contest Sims Are Your NFL DFS Secret Here, Secret Weapon. And that's a 22-minute video. We have Andy introducing Contest Sims. We have the live video that um, Andy, Matt, and Jordan did talking about Contest Sims here. And that is uh, this one, Learn How learn how to Maximize Saber Sims' New Contest Sims in this video here. So a lot of content related around it, trying to educate people on its usefulness here. So you can learn a lot about that in our support docs on the YouTube channel, etc. here. But good question. All right. Getting Saber Sim pulled back up. 
next question from Joe. Question says, could you go over some NFL automatic rules that are generally used specifically with any running backs or secondary stacks? Thanks. Uh, honestly, Joe, I don't know of any. Um, I'm, I'm really not using any rules in NFL. I think that a lot of people who are using rules are using traditional optimizers. I think that, you know, a lot of those traditional optimizers need a lot of rules and groups and, and massaging to kind of get you a set of lineups that you think are going to be competitive. They're not going to get you those type of lineups right out of the gate. But Saberson is, right? We are accounting for correlation. We understand upside. We are taking that into account with sim diversity here. We have play-by-play -play simulations, which get us accurate uh, range of outcomes for all the players on a slate here. So we understand all the interactions and the correlations, and we're able to account for those very, very well. So honestly, I don't have any great rules for you. All right, next question here. Is it fair to say that the player roster construction percentage numbers within the entire pool is approximately its optimal chance? Good good question here. If you're looking for like an optimal rate here, what I would do is I would run a set of lineups with correlation turned off because correlation is going to affect the amount of exposure you get to players. And then I would turn sim diversity all the way to 10. What this is going to do is take a single game sim of each game on the slate, create a create one slate simulation where each game gets played out, and then Saber Sim is going to build the best lineup based on that single game sim from each game. I would consider that an optimal percent. And then from there, I would be comfortable using the pool exposures as the optimal percentage here. Uh, one thing I caution people about is that, you know, you don't, always need an optimal lineup to win, especially in an NFL classic slate. You're basically never going to need an optimal win. You're not going to need the highest scoring winning lineup possible, right? So what I like to do in that scenario is I like to run a build on correlation zero, sim diversity nine here. What nine is going to do is take very small buckets of game sims. Say, you know, we're going to get five game sims from each game, see how the players do across those five sims, and then use that projection number as the number when we go to build your lineups. So in this case, if a player has an outlier game, they're still going to have to do well enough in the other four Sims here to make it into your lineup. So I like the a bit of natural filtering you get here by doing this. You don't get so many of those, you know, outlier outcomes, right? Something that Matt said in a previous video that I've always kind of stuck with me Sometimes you don't know if an outcome is one in 5,000 or one in 100,000, right? So if we have, you know, 5,000 game sims of each game on the slate and a certain outcome happens one time, well, would it happen again if we ran another 5,000 sims or would it not happen even if we ran 50,000 sims, right? So, so having, you know, multiple game sims being taken into account is is better when you know you're not going to need an optimal for a given contest. FV seems to have watched our uh, NFL review video. Said solid video with Max. Some good insight and things to look at. Thanks for the content. Thank you for the feedback. Glad to hear that people are liking it. All right, jumping back to the Office Hours channel. Question from Joe. And question says. Hey, hey, how do you combine two or more builds to put into a lineup set? Joe, we actually walked through that earlier here. Uh, I, I talked about, you know, building lineups for a low scoring outcome and then building lineups for a high scoring outcome and then combining those into a single uh, 
single contest here. So we did it in this example with the Buffalo and the Jets, creating a low-scoring game script, creating a high-scoring game script, and then putting those into the favorites where you can fill those all into one contest. So uh, happened at the beginning of the show, so I would go back and watch that segment. Second part says, when sorting via Sabre score, can you talk about the field size options and the scores changing depending on what you select? Thank you. Yes, definitely can do that. So so works a little different here uh, for showdown. So for showdown, we just have the one metric, which is our single game. And this is because basically at all of these different entry limits and entry sizes, the sliders are always staying at zero and 10, where we basically found that, hey, you know, building an optimal is always going to be important. But for these large classic slates, right? I go uh, to the upcoming main slate, what you're going to see, and I don't have any lineups. So let me just build some real quick here. Just build a couple. What you're going to see is that, you know, we used to have one Sabre score and it used to be uh, basically like all through the Sabre map. Well, we decided that, you know, that wasn't good enough, right? We needed to do better for our subscribers here. So we started looking at Sabre score sport by sport. And then we started looking at Sabre score in different buckets, right? Um, the way you grade lineups for a slate with two games on the slate should not be the same way you grade lineups for a slate with 12 games on the slate, right? So one, it's broken up into large slate and small slate now. These are for the classic slates. Small slate is any slate with two to five games. Large slate is any slate with six or more games here. And then we break it up by entry size. So Basically, if you click on this little eye icon, you can see the variables and you can see the weights for the variables. So for a small slate, 100 to 1K entrance, some projection is weighted at 0.6. Lineup 99th percentile is weighted at 0.3. We have a negative weight on average adjusted ownership at negative 0.2. Okay, remember those numbers. So then if I go look at my small slate 50K plus entries here, the weight on some projection goes down. It went from 0.6 down to 0.4. So we're weighting the average projection less. The weight on 99th percentile went from 0.3 up to 0.6. So we're weighting higher percentile outcomes more. And then the negative weight on average adjusted ownership went higher. So we want to play lineups with less overall ownership in this big of a contest. So, so we are using the same variables, but we are updating them based on the contest dynamics here. And all of this information came from contest backtesting that our team did behind the scenes here to come up with these buckets, to come up with these variables and the weights of these variables. So you kind of see a trend of the smaller the contest, the, the less upside you need. And the bigger the contest, the more upside you need. And the, the more, uh, you need to care about the ownership of the lineup overall. So that is the Sabre scores, and that is uh, some general guidelines of how they work. But really good question. Uh, we are all caught up with questions for now. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you guys are not signed up for the Max Challenge, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. I just want to mention it one more time. Link to sign up is in the description. Join. It is a free giveaway we are doing all NFL season if you follow the eligibility requirements. And then we will be right back here tomorrow, Wednesday, for our next show, 2 p.m. Eastern. If you guys are building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the Office Hours channel. Drop it in the upcoming YouTube stream. Uh, scheduled streams are on the YouTube. If you drop it in the chat ahead of time, it stays there. Get us a steady queue of questions to get started with for our next show. Really quickly, before we get out of here, follow-up says, thanks for the answer. 
Another one, if Sim Diversity 9 bootstraps five game sims together and the pool size is 5,000, does that mean the pool is based off of five times 5,000 game sims? Uh, so not exactly. So we can combine game sims here. So like say, you know, we have the Seattle Detroit, right? We're going to go take five game sims of that game. We can grab, you know, sim number 10, sim number 900, sim number 1,000, sim number 4,000, sim number 3,000, right? And then those are five. Uh, and then, you know, we, we're going to do that for the next game and the next game and the next game, right? When somebody else for Saber Sim comes and runs a build, maybe we grab sim 7, sim 200, sim 300, sim 4,005, sim 3,973, right? We're going to grab a different set of five. So if you were to go into like a uh, combination calculator, so like, for instance, here, I'll just like show you guys this. I think this is a uh, going to be a good visual here. So combination calculator. I think this one's good. Uh, actually, I don't like this one. Hold on. Combination. Okay, I like this one. All right. So this is a combination calculator. Uh, it'll basically tell you like, hey, how many objects do you have? So, so let's say I have 10 objects. And then how many different combinations of three objects can I have? So that, that would be like one, two, three, one, two, four, one, two, five. And then, you know, you would do all those. And then you would go one, three, four, one, three, five. And you would just do that iteration over and over, right? So, so you're going to see all the different combinations down here. So it's like, hey, if I have 10 objects and I want to combine them three different ways, how many different ways can I do that? And that's 120. So, you know, if you come in here and say, hey, I have I have uh, 5,000 objects and I want to take five different iterations, this number is, let's see, millions, this is hundreds of millions, billions, trillions. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's after, what's after trillions, uh, zillions, you know? I mean, th this is, and then this is just for one game, right? And then you could do this times 13 games on the slate. So you can see visually here how unlikely it is that you get the same combination of Sims as somebody else and, and how, how unique, you know, your combination of Sims can be here. So this is probably a good visual uh, just to, you know, put some numbers out there. Right. But, but this is basically what's happening. And then, times out by however many games are on the slate in that instance. So great visual. I think that's a great way to end the show here until tomorrow. I will see you guys. Take care. Good luck. Bye.